Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You have your two most beautiful podcast hosts in the entire universe, galaxy, world, podcast, nation. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful day for a podcast. Sure is. Sure is. I think it is about to storm here, though. Yeah, it's it's for sure about <laughs> to storm out here, too. Um, there's apparently just tons of storms running through the midwest yeah. and, and like southern we're states like getting right now. the the offshoots of them as well so if you're listening and you've been affected by the the rampant tornadoes um we hope you're staying safe and if you're listening and you've been affected by the snowstorms and blizzards that are still happening in april i hope you're safe and i hope you get springtime soon it's true. We do we hope that. We spring here, and it is. I'm happy that we have spring. It's made a huge difference. I was outside so much today, and it just, it just makes you a different person to get in the sun and touch that grass. Something about that vitamin D's nuts that just really hits you in the face, right? That's the thing. <laughs> uh, I drove to work today, and when I when I got to work, it was 72 degrees. When I left work. It was like 48 degrees. So the the pressure drop and the cool temperatures are for sure coming in for the storms up here, uh, which is no fun. But uh, when I was driving to work today, I was like, oh, yeah, air conditioner in the car? What? <laughs> this is great. Uh, I've been like so, bebopping with the windows down. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do that on the way home world. because I don't want to ruin my hair going to work, you know. But yeah. Um, anyways, before we jump into things, this episode is brought to you by Jolly no, Rancher Starburst Jelly Beans. Stop advertising people for free. This podcast Carmen, is brought to you by Stanley. That, oh my God. What Carmen means is those are the things in his direct vicinity. When he says the episodes are brought to you by something, it's just whatever he's looking at. This episode of Gray's Academy is brought to you by Telefunken M80 Microphones, the official microphone of Carmen of the Gray's Academy podcast. Hate <laughs> him. Anyways, so Carmen's eating jelly beans and drinking out of a Stanley cup. Yes. Thank you for being my legal disclaimer. But I, I am going to have a some bunch jelly of Oreos and I'm drinking out of my Hydro Peak cup. Incredible. Uh, Hey, how I, we didn't we didn't get to like catch up or banter or anything, uh, and like shoot the shit before we started this podcast. So it's just like, hey, like what's what's going on? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, your eyes are totally not puffy, although Thanks. you've had less ice uh, rollers in your videos these last couple of days. I've I've noticed. Yes, because um, I keep doing it like in the morning when I'm a zombie, and I'm like I can't even function enough to speak. But last night, Bennett actually only woke up twice, which was basically a miracle. So we're hoping that we are making progress towards more um, longer stretches overnight. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I would love it if my babies slept through the night, but I don't sleep through the night, so I can't really blame them. So it is what it is. One day, maybe. It's genetic. Maybe. It's unfair because I have a form of narcolepsy. Listeners, Carmen already knows this. I have a form of narcolepsy where um, I don't sleep correctly. (laughs) It's like a really cool thing to not be able to do right. Um, typically when you sleep, you go, your REM cycle goes one, two, three, four, three, two, one. And it's like a peaks and valleys, like a smooth hill, but mine, I have done a sleep study. I'm not making this up. I know. Um, mine goes one, four, one, four, one, four, one, four. So, um, I skip that middle bit where you get like the rest. So I need you know, to get like 10 or 11 hours to be an average person, six to eight hours. Um, and when you have children, you don't get that. So it's fine. Up until like three or four months ago. And I don't know if I told you this story. I, I genuinely thought it was REM. So when you're, when you're talking about your sleep cycle, it's, it's REM sleep, not REM sleep. I mean, it is, it is REM. It's an acronym. But I said it right. And, but here's the thing, like everyone, Mm. Everyone, I guess, says REM, but like yeah. I, I didn't know that. So I, I said REM sleep to a group of friends, and someone was like, "What? What are you? What are you saying?" I'm like REM sleep, you know, like the band REM Speedwagon. <laughs> okay, I actually love REM though. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. REM is the band, and then there's REO Speedwagon. No, no, which... I, I got the joke. Thank you. Thank That's you. That's why my reaction it. was nothing. And this podcast is brought to you by Dad Jokes R Us. And Stanley Tumblr. Oh my god. First of all, if Stanley sponsored us, I would lose my shit. Because Stanley sponsor it us. would be neat to have one of those cups, but I'm not going to pay $45. I simply cannot do it. I won't. But if they sponsored us and then sent us like personalized ones, I would die. Would lose well, my ever loving mind. Let's get, but on. I won't let's buy one sure for $45. This, we'll, we'll make this happen. I, I actually think they're a good value. The, the amount of water that fits in these things is just insane. Um, and they have cool 40 designs. ounces. Yeah. It's insane. 40 ounces of pure hydration. Um, 40 ounces? Yeah, but how much did that cost you? $17. Oh my gosh, you're such a poor. Yes. That's why I'm not <laughs> buying a Stanley. Uh, these, you're this correct. One, this one that I had was a, was a gift, so I, I also would not pay. I, <sighs> I, would, I would pay that much for a White Sox one. I would pay that much for it. Uh, but I have a White Sox Yeti already, so... You do. Um, this podcast is brought to you by oh Yeti. Oh my God, if you don't stop with that, I'm going to divorce <laughs> you from this podcast. <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, speaking of the podcast, this is Grey's Academy. If uh, you're tuning in for the first time, we love each other. It just doesn't always sound like it because Kelsey and I like to verbally harass each other out of love. It's how we uh, show each other affection. It's so true. Uh, if this is your first time checking us out, hit that like and subscribe button wherever you listen. Hit that five-star review button. Uh, we've gotten a ton of five-star reviews lately. Really appreciate all the love. Yeah, thanks, and, guys. Uh, yeah, we're up to like 38 or 39 uh, five-stars on Spotify. We're at uh, – or actually, I shouldn't say we're at 38 
five stars because someone gave us a four star <laughs> review somewhere. Really marshing our mallow up here, uh, hating that, but it's okay. We respect it. We respect the drip. Uh, but I, listen, I appreciate your honesty. I just wish that your honesty was different. <laughs> yeah, just give us a five star review for us, and then tell your honesty to us by emailing Kelsey at graysacademypod at gmail.com and tell us all the things that you want to hear better or worse or different or change. Yes, we they will take say the your same. We'll thoughts into consideration. You are the ones listening. We are just the ones running our mouths. There's not a single person that's emailed or reached out on Instagram that we haven't asked for feedback. And uh, yeah. uh, we really do want to make the best show possible. So hit that five-star button. Let us know what we can do better. And if you're listening on the Apple Podcasts, uh, just write a review for us. And with that, Kelsey, take it away, my sweet little angel friend. Oh, thank you. This Even though episode, you didn't ask me what's up with me and how I'm doing, it's fine. Well, it's that's okay. because I don't care. All Actually, right. that's not true. I know everything that's up with Carmen because I'm secretly a stalker. Ooh, child. Carmen goes to work, guys. He has His, his stories are less exciting than mine. It's true. It is true. His are, I went to work and mine are, I have a sleep disorder. So <laughs> which one of those is more exciting? Neither. They're and that's how you create the perfect biography of two podcast hosts coming together to talk about Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Um, oh, wait, did you say the Instagram? No, I didn't. You should tell people the Instagram. Um, go to the Instagram, Grace Academy Pod, because I actually have been posting on it. And I posted one today that I am biased because I made it, but I think it's very funny. And I laughed a lot when I was making it. Um, and I've also figured out how I can take clips of the show and make them into reels. So that shit is coming in hot. So <laughs> if you like it, follow us. And if you don't, then I don't know why you're listening. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point you bring up there. We should talk for the next hour and a half about that specific topic and that sentence you had and just unpack it. Uh, but before we do that, uh, if you want to know if there's ever any emergencies that come up that we can't get to an episode or something happens like this, this, um, this podcast almost did not happen tonight. Uh, Kelsey was feeling under the weather. I'm trying to Jessica, my wife and I are trying to buy a new car. Uh, it's all over the place. So this almost didn't happen. Uh, but here we are. We've made it work. But yes, if you follow the Instagram, if something happens with scheduling and we can't make it or we have some kind of technical snafu, that is where you will find the updates um, so that you're not left without a clue on Thursdays when you're expecting a new episode. But um, that's not today. Today you do get a new one. So this is episode 14 of the fourth season, episode 75 overall. We are so close to 100. Wow, we, we need to do something so special close for that. to one fourth of the show. So far, um, it's just absolutely bonkers. We have more than that, though. We have more than a hundred because we've done like bonus episodes and prediction episodes and recap episodes. So we're even closer to a hundred. It's true. We actually, what num- what number was this overall? Seventy five. We should oh, be yeah, at like, no, we're not, 80, we're like 80, 80, probably 80. like, probably like 82 or 83. It's, it's maybe, somewhere. I'm sure even, we can find the information somewhere. Maybe even uh, gallery 81. Exactly maybe on the probably dot. more than that though. Um, anyways. So, uh, yes, this episode is called the becoming and that's a song. 
This is a song, and let me just tell you, I'm going to preface this. I'm going to be as as kind as kind as possible. <laughs> if you are a Nine Inch Nails fan, I'm sorry. Not sorry for your music choice. I'm sorry because this song was hot-ass, stanky garbage. Was it as bad as that one when you were here? No. No, that other one was still worse. That other one takes the cake. What was it? I have to look back to figure out the name of that. I forgot yeah. the name of it, but it I'm sorry. I, every once in a while, a song, I, they, they use the names and it makes sense. I get it. I love it. It's mm-hmm. not my cup of tea. It's not my, my style of music. If you like have been looking forward to this episode since the day we started this podcast, because this is your favorite song of all time. I truly, truly am so sorry. Not because you made a bad choice, but because it's just not my cup of tea. So I am very sorry. Uh, however, the song, The Becoming, uh, there was no specific stats on this. It was not a popular song. It didn't chart anywhere. Uh, however, it is off of the album The Downward Spiral, which released on March 8th, 1994, Nine Inch Nails, uh, under Nothing Records uh, and Islands Records in Europe. So... This is this is going to be a Wikipedia quote here, so I'm quoting Wikipedia on this. Uh, it's a concept album detailing the self-destruction of a man from the beginning of his misanthropic downward spiral to his suicidal breaking point. Yikes. So the song is a bit of a downer. Uh, anyways, that's that's what... I pretty much have the two singles from this album were uh, March of the Pigs and Jesus. Closer. So yeah, Nine Inch uh, Nails is not for me. Yeah. Um, what I find fascinating though, is that the man who did the soundtrack uh, or the score rather for the social network, which is one of my favorite films um, is one of the, he's the lead Trent Reznor. He's the lead guy from Nine Inch Nails. And wow. it's such a different sound. It's very interesting. I think it's like I, one I Oscar, know. I think. Well, here's the thing. This this album, Downward Spiral, uh, ended up reaching as high as number two on the U.S. Billboard 200 and number nine in the U.K. Albums chart. So there are people out there who dig it. The 90s for me also is just such a weird time for music because mm-hmm. I don't I don't love grunge mm-hmm. uh and then, like, I really don't – the early early punk, like early Blink-182, like yeah. Dude Ranch and Cheshire Cat and all those um, albums from the early days, I'm not a huge fan. Once you start getting some of that mainstream pop punk, like um, or, or 2000s Blink, and then you get Green Day, the pop version of My Chem, not like the the thrashy version of right. My Chem. Like, those are the bands that I really like. But I feel like the, two, the, the 90s where I was – born and and growing i just didn't love that music and i don't remember having a lot of friends who listen to that music so there's not a ton of nostalgia out there for me but um so nine inch nails fans i apologize that i respect their musical drip okay uh but did you uh, talk to someone in gen z today no you just keep saying you respect the drip and i feel like you've just learned this term from a youth no, I I learned it months ago, but I I say I'm saying it ironically right now. No, no, I know who you are. I'm okay. just like wondering if if it's new to you, and that's why it, you're saying it ironically. Uh, it, it was new to me a couple months ago. So Jessica's younger brother Isaac was uh. staying the weekend with us, and he said something like Jessica made a comment, and like 
totally made fun of him for something and he and he looks at her and he goes respect the drip karen and i'm like what the f- <laughs> i what? love gen z insults <laughs> my favorite thing in the world respect the drip karen and i said look isaac i respect the drip but like you gotta calm it down calm all this shit down all right buddy it's so, so funny and then there's so okay sidebar because I know we have a lot to talk about. We have what, not even gotten into the episode yet. Sci-fi. What the fuck is this word? Have you heard Riz? Riz God? Riz? It's like. I don't think I've heard this one. Okay. This this, one? this. It's like Riz is just. Uh, it's 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 game. It's you've got game. It's like you've oh, got charisma. charm. I have heard yeah. this. It's short for right. charisma. Yes. Yes. It's, I get that. I, I get all this from the TikTok. It's been a while since I've been yes. on there. But it's it's R-I-Z-Z. Well, yeah, I'm I'm the Riz God. Like what? <laughs> just just say you're charming. Say you got game. Say you're funny. You don't. Have to, what the fuck is okay, a, a at, Riz God? At some point, you've got game. Some boomer was probably having the same reaction to you've got game as you are having to Riz right now. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Some boomers like just call it courtship, young man. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, oh. that's t- that's fun. This has been what the youths say with Garmin yeah. and Kelsey. What trying the youths to, trying to navigate Gen Z. We're we're pulling a Pepsi and rebranding only for Gen Z. So yeah. Um, Mark is the Riz King, right? Am I right? He's Mark, like some look. We respect Mark's drip, but the nurses do not respect his. Oh, drip. oh yeah, yeah. So so Mar- yes, okay. I get what you're saying. Yes, Mark is the Riz King. Uh huh. But it's backfired. He's got too much riz, too much drip, and the nurses are boycotting his drip riz. Mm-hmm. Riz, mm-hmm. riz, and drip. his riz drip, if you know and, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, his his peen drip. <laughs> okay, well, you got to say it cool, otherwise it's not cool. You know who's not saying no to the riz drip is fucking Calliope. What the fuck? Oh, Calliope Iphigenia Torres. She's like, she's the Riz queen right now. <laughs> she is all about that Riz. About that Riz. <laughs> all that Riz. No Han. Oh, gosh. What an, okay. Anyways, what an episode. Okay. Take us away. Let's talk did, about, let's talk about this. Did you finish everything you needed to say about the song? Uh, yeah, this, that song had no Riz. <laughs> <laughs> Zero fucking Riz. No drip there. That song, that song owes me Riz right now. <laughs> Am I using that term right? I, they owe me drip, okay? I don't feel like you are, but that's fine. Nine Inch Nails needs to PayPal me some drip. <laughs> We're doing our best, you guys. Okay. This episode was written by Tony Phelan <laughs> and Joan Raider. And they are dripping with Riz. I just can't. <laughs> dripping with uh, you guys were terrible. So stupid. If any it's Gen terrible. Z child is listening to this, they're like, these people are so old and dumb, and they've they're- turned us off. And I'm, I apologize. We are doing our best. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I'm sorry. Let say me that say, one more time. Um, I was at the place today where I got my senior pictures taken, and I was like. That was 16 years ago that I had senior pictures taken. Did did I'm did senior old. year Kalki have any drip? I don't think so. I I didn't I senior senior Carmen had drip, 
but it, it took a hard from sophomore into junior year, Carmen, the drip turned hard. Do you know what actually I really want? And this would give me legit drip. I want pandas so fucking bad, Carmen. I'm like prepared to spend over a hundred dollars on shoes, which I have literally never done before. Wait, what pandas? Pandas. Dunks? The panda dunks? Yes. Oh, you're not going to get them for a hundred dollars. Uh, they're online for like 120, dude. What? I was going to have you. This is an off air conversation. Okay, your, I got you. Your place of business sells them. <laughs> low low tops or high tops? I'm gonna look right now. I would like the low tops. That's I my vibe. The, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm I'm gonna do this. You tell us about the episode and talk okay. for as long as you want while I look this up. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So this episode was, God. <laughs> was written by Tony Phelan and Joan Rader, who we have heard from before. They used to be married. They're no longer married. They were married when they wrote this. Directed by Julianne Robinson. Now this episode on the DVD set has a commentary from the director and Christina, Sandra O. Oh. Um, unfortunately, I don't know where my DVDs of season six is because I am almost confident I have them, but I might not have them anymore because I got rid of a lot of things when we moved. Um, so I didn't find that, but I did read like the director blog about it. So I, I'll bring that up when it comes to it. But it aired May 8th, 2008, which was... Right when I graduated high school, actually. Graduated in 2008. Um, and it had 16.03 million views. Have you found the pandas yet? No. Really? If you have a link, you could just send them to me. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to have to. Uh, hold on. Let me get this Netflix synopsis up. My Netflix is reloaded. If, if you open Netflix and then leave it open for too long while you talk about dumb shit, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't stay on the same page. Okay, here we go. The Netflix synopsis for The Becoming is The nurse's complaints about Mark Sloan's trysts result in a date and tell policy. Christina is forced to face her feelings for Burke. Mm, is she? Yeah, she's I don't think she's really forced. To like reevaluate what has happened in their lives respectively since he left. But I don't think she's really facing her feelings. That makes it sound like she's like, I'm still in love with him, which I definitely don't think is the case. I would say it's more. She, she has to tackle her place within Burke's legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And her place not, in the hospital and like where her career is at versus where his career is at. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Okay. So let's get in. No recap. No, no recap. recap. Again, the, there wasn't a recap last week either. But we get the first scene is just uh, Bailey and her baby. Oh, isn't she so cute? Walking the halls of the hospital. She Well, here's the thing. They they go out of their way to make Bailey look disheveled. Uh, you think which so? Is, not like in a bad way, not, I should not terrible, not like homely. They, they just, I think personally, I got a lot of vibe that they were trying to make her look a bit scattered, like physical appearance wise, because I think they want us to believe that Tuck is not helping at all with the baby right now. And it's truly just all Bailey. That's kind of the vibe I got. Get that. I see where you're coming from. I did not get that. Um, I think it was just the opening scene specifically where her hair kind of looked out of place. Like it wasn't the perfectly done hair at all times. It had like a little bit of a flaring out. It, it looked like maybe. I think that she's styled it that way. 
it looks different at different points of the episodes, though. Well, I, I, I could be totally wrong. I, th- okay. That was just like a, a, a thought I had. Okay. Okay. Um, anyways, so I, I mean, I do think I kind of took it as she had Tuck with her because now that her and Tucker are split up, he's they're like sharing custody. So she's probably not getting as much time on the home end. So I kind of took it as like when she has a moment, she's spending it with the baby. I that was I my do read that. on that. Also, why is this baby at the hospital? They have a daycare. They, I don't, oh. I guess they haven't talked about it yet. Cause this is the first baby that we've seen, but like they, t- they talk about it a lot from like the entirety of the series. There's a daycare in the hospital for hospital employees, kids. Oh, that's so nice. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a real thing that happens in hospitals, but I love it. And I, I wish that it was real more places. All places, actually. Truly. Let's get those intelligent, strong, beautiful women into the workforce and stop saddling them with childcare. Um, saddling them with like finding childcare is what I'm just clarifying what you mean by that. When, it uh, says, when you say saddling them with childcare, it makes them makes it seem like. You're forcing women to care for children. And I don't I'm think not that's what you women. mean to say. I, it's not what I mean to say. Statistically speaking, though, more women care for their children than men. But if we were able to get child care as a affordable, right, accessible child care, f- affordable, yes, accessible child, child care. I want to get more women into the workforce and out from the gender norms of having to care for their child. Because there needs to be equal responsibilities between parents and equal opportunities for work for parents. That is true. I agree. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to clarify that more. I, yeah, I thought that I just, was the way it came across. I wanted. I wanted the. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's hard page. when you know my stance on all of these yeah. things, uh, and the listeners don't always know that. <laughs> so that's why thank I, you. I always. I always try and keep an ear out to be like, ooh, maybe we should clarify what he's trying to say. <laughs> hey, you straight white man, piece <laughs> of shit! Can you please? Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. That's what happens in my head, but sometimes I don't say that. Sometimes uh, I keep that to myself. <laughs> I wait, can we just get politi- political for one second. Yes, <laughs> I saw this TikTok uh, through Instagram. It was it was TikTok, but it was on Instagram, right? Right, because you're a millennial. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it was like someone in North Carolina saying, "If you indict Trump, then we're gonna indict Bill Clinton." And it was like the same guy going back and forth, and he's like. Oh, okay. And he's like, you should be worried. It's like one of those screens where it's the same person with like different, yeah. like he's got a mustache on and one of them doesn't. Yeah. It's the same person going back and forth. And then the one guy was like the Democrat guy who wants to indict Trump is like, if Bill Clinton has done something to be indicted, I want you to indict him. And yeah. then it goes back to the other guy and he goes, oh, why would you say that? <laughs> it was just really funny. I saw that like right when I was eating before we recorded. I, um, yeah, it was like when the whole, when, when the whole um, like Epstein thing was the talk, the main talk. And they were like, well, then if you have arrest him for hanging out with Epstein, you have to arrest Bill Clinton too. And everyone was like, okay. Yeah. Yes. Correct. <laughs> that is how that works. We don't, we're not mad. <laughs> um, anyways, it's fine. If um, Paul McCartney was linked to sex trafficking. You would and- be so sad. I would be so sad, but I would be like, indict the motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah for sure. What? Come on. Just, justice must be served. Uh, I'm still going to listen to fucking let it be, but like, <laughs> no. Let it Shit. be. 
Anyways, all right. This pot, we're doing great. This is really incredible. What um do you want to give like our recap, like our personalized? Okay, perfect. Go for it. This episode um is one of my has one of my favorite unconsequential storylines of the nurses boycotting Mark. I fucking love that (laughs) that storyline. Like it does not matter, and I love it so much. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, results in one of my favorite Bailey moments. Uh, something that does matter is the Christina storyline. Burke has won a Harper Avery. N- news gets back to the hospital. Um, Christina finds out about it and is so impacted by this that she like stops functioning as who she is that we know her currently as, if that makes sense. She like can't process it and basically just like shuts down. Um, uh, again, another favorite moment. Uh, is the speech she gives at the end of this one, which we'll get to, but it has a, it's a lot of good speeches for me in it. There's another um, clinical trial patient. The clinical trial was in fact not over last episode as Carmen predicted, but, but still is persevering and killing more people. Um, we have time jumped. They've had, f- this is their fifth clinical trial patient. So they had Philip who we saw die in the last episode. They've had two, three and four. And this is Darren is the fifth one. And that's who's this one. And he's a soldier and he has one, another soldier from his platoon comes. They are secretly gay and they're hiding it from everyone because this is 2008, which is still in the don't ask, don't tell era, which is bonkers that that ever existed. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like that. Oh, and the, the George running around asking everyone who they had sex with for legal I was reasons. also, uh, <laughs> yes, I was also, uh, sorry. I, I blinked out there for a second because I'm doing research to see if there's like a real life Harper Avery equivalent award mm-hmm. and, and I haven't been able to find anything, but, uh, did you mention the, um, the lady, the bubble lady, bubble I lady. I did not and, mention the bubble lady. That this is the bubble, the bubble lady. Um, this is Jake Gyllenhaal's mother and uh mrs bubble and uh i'm trying to think i think you pretty much handled everything i think you had everything else on point that was just the one thing i wasn't sure if i heard in my subconscious um okay and mark and callie are boning (laughs) yeah they really are um also i'm on reddit so i'm gonna read you what reddit says about the harbor avery award uh questions for doctors among us is there an annual uh, award in the real world that is equally prestigious as the Harper Avery in the world of Grays or other real world markers of excellence or innovation for surgeons based on research an award that seems very similar and most likely could have been the Grays anatomy equivalent is the Lasker award. The Lasker awards have been awarded annually since 1945 to living persons who have made major contributions to medical science or who have performed public service on behalf of medicine. They are administered by the Lasker Foundation, founded by Albert Lasker and his wife, Mary Wooder Lasker, uh, later a medical research activist. The awards are sometimes referred to as America's Nobels. So. Well, there you go. That's what Reddit says. Well, thank you, Reddit. And I'm so glad, Kelsey, that you read it to us. You're so welcome. Also... Um, I found last week, if you listened to the episode and I was talking about the educational puppets who taught children about AIDS, I found it on YouTube and it is so nineties. Um, it was actually made (laughs) by the American Red Cross. Um, so I sent it to Carmen and it is just, uh, so it's, it exists on the internet. If you, if you didn't know what I was talking about, uh, go to YouTube and type in camp it's among us like it 
it's among us but all one word so camp it's among us and it's uh it's an american red cross video about aids it's on my list to watch i will watch <laughs> it's it. like 16 minutes long um so i sent it to carmen i was like you don't have to watch this but i just need you to know that this is what i was talking about and um, i'm like sitting at work at my desk and i'm like what what the fuck is, like, what, it, what were we talking right about now, you're gonna get fired <laughs> i just couldn't remember what we were actually talking about but now now i remember yeah. um so so let's so what uh what conversation should we start with what what storyline do you think is if we're gonna go from least juiciest up to juiciest or start with the juicy stuff like where where do you want to go to start well let's start with izzy and alex and izzy wanting very aggressively to break hipaa (laughs) but not doing it which is the correct choice the hard choice (laughs) always the correct choice Yes, the uh, the legal choice and the ethical choice don't always line up, but here it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, so it, it sucks because as a friendship law, yeah, obviously. For sure. So to catch up, uh, it, Ava Rebecca has told Alex that she is pregnant with his child. Izzy knows from a blood test she did at the clinic that that is, in fact, untrue. Ava Rebecca is not pregnant, but she has not been able to get in touch with her to tell her. And she is not legally allowed to tell Alex because he is not listed as one of her uh, people on her HIPAA form, I guess. So he can't hear her medical test results. So now I'm, I'm going to jump ahead because you gave us a good recap here. Uh, like we jump to the end and Bailey and Izzy have this nice moment. I want to. I want to let you know. I did. I thought she was gonna fuck it up the entire time watching this episode. I thought Izzy was gonna fuck it up. Like, did you thought she was gonna tell him or? Yeah, because okay. Alex was Alex was like a dick. <laughs> like the yeah, whole I episode. Mean, here's the thing. He was being a dick, but from his perspective, he's. I feel like I understand. Because oh, I he, get it. He doesn't know that Ava Rebecca is not pregnant, and he just thinks Izzy's like basically like hey bail out on this woman and your your child which has to be like triggering for him as we know that he like didn't have a great childhood and he yeah. like wants to to be there for her and, and with her so yeah i it's it hard was, knowing the truth it's hard knowing the truth the truth obviously yes uh the thing is like i if you're alex like if you're a logical thinking person Izzy likes family. She likes kids. She yeah. wouldn't. I would. I think that Alex. He he didn't do it once, but Alex should have had a point where he was like, "Okay, Izzy, what's what's going on? Like, yeah. let's talk about this because yeah, this he doesn't ask. He calls no. her out on it, but he doesn't like present the opportunity for her to explain. Well, he kind of does because he's like, "What is wrong with you? Like, you." can't even pass a baby on the street without getting excited. And now the only kid you're not excited about is mine. And she was like, Oh, it's not that it's, and he goes, what is it? And she goes, nothing. Well, that could have been a play on words. Alex, it's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing, nothing in utero. Yeah. Uh, but I can't tell you that. Uh, anyways. Yeah. It's uh, he wants her to move in for a couple of weeks he wants ava rebecca to move into like uh meredith's house with them for a couple mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. izzy also lives there. <laughs> yeah uh, they don't even address the fact that they like used to bone 
No. They're well, I mean, like, he, al- he also forgot that he boned out uh, Le- Lexi. Uh, yes, he did. That's uh, not a good look for him. No. Sad for her. Um, but I think it's funny because then she gets that storyline with George later where she's like, I called all my exes and I was like, was I forgettable? And they haven't picked up my voicemails yet. Yeah. Classic. They'll classic definitely gray. call me back. Yeah. She's classic funny. gray girls, right? Um, making it awkward. So let's see. I'm trying to think of what other notes I have here. <laughs> I don't have anything else for the uh, Izzy and Alex storyline because he's basically just a dick and she doesn't tell him. But the one storyline on the topic of Lexi, when George is doing his uh, uh, intern for the chief, the yeah. chief's intern thing. And he's handing out the forms and Alex is like, yeah, no, I don't need this. And George like hard rolls his eyes and he's like, Lexi, he's like looking right at her and he goes, oh yeah, that's right. And then signs it and gives a bad, bad look, Alex. Tough. It's that's tough. funny though. Oh, it's so funny. Her, the way she reacts is funny. Uh, yeah, the, I really didn't have a ton of notes for this particular storyline, uh, but I will say that I, I was waiting for the moment that she snaps and she told him, and she didn't. Yeah, I also, I mean, they really make you think she's going to. Um, and then here, this is at the end of this episode, and I'm sure this ties in, but like the, the moment with her and Bailey at the end, I'm I'm confused by it. I'll be honest with you. I found it confusing. When Bailey says, my husband's on a date with another woman and then gets up and walks away. I don't know what in what inspired that declaration. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know why she told Izzy. I guess because Izzy has proven that she can keep a secret. I don't know. <laughs> it's not even that she can keep a secret. Izzy has proven that she can do the bare minimum of following the law as a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not this yeah. is not don't cut a man's elvad wire this is just Which don't break do. a hippo law yes yeah uh, it's um it's, it was weird i agree i couldn't i could couldn't make heads or tails of what that's supposed to what that's supposed to do for us as as viewers um i'm having a hard time remembering the lead up to that what what was she what were they talking about that's when she asks, she's like, did you get a hold of the patient? And he was like, no. And Bailey says, oh, did you tell the friend? And she said, no. And Bailey's like, oh, you're growing. You're, you're growing into a real life doctor. And he's like, Ugh, I wish it would stop. And then she says, my husband's on a date. And gets up and leaves. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I remember that scene now jarring it's, to say the least it's confusing confusing to me so you want to just talk about bailey on the bailey episode. note let's talk in about the chief and the bailey bailey was violent this episode she hit both the chief and mark sloan and she's out here calling names just name calling uh calling mark a whore it. i just love that scene so <laughs> Let's let's ease into it then. Where do you want to start? Let's start from the beginning of the episode with with Bailey. So we obviously we get her with 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 Tuck. Yes, she um, has Tuck. She has to knock on the door and ask Sloane and Callie about their schedules because she's trying to fix something in her capacity as chief resident, I assume. 
um, and she has to ask them and they are boning. So like he comes out and answers her question and then she has to ask Callie a question and then Callie comes out and she's like, don't judge me. And we're not, we're really not. It's okay. We're not. Bailey probably is. Yeah. I maybe just cause <laughs> Bailey's apparently not getting any, uh, in the eyes of the chief, the chief just says, Hey, you don't need to do this form because you're not fucking. Yeah. And like, here's the thing. I think he thinks that he's being like kind and respectful and he's not. Um, uh, but I think that's what we're supposed to think he thinks, if that makes sense. How many times I, I, I thought the think? same, I thought the same exact thing, uh, the, that the writers want us to think that Weber thinks that he is being He's like kind, being a gentleman, sensitive, not trying to pour salt on the wounds. Yeah. Spare her feelings. But apparently yeah. Miranda Bailey wants nothing to do with that. And she says, I'm going to slap the shit out of you in front of your wife because apparently that's sexual harassment. Yeah. Or it's um, just harassment. I don't know what they said about yeah, that. Yeah. I think it's harassment. Uh, and then, uh, so she turns in a fake form where she's basically just listed every man on the ho- in the hospital, which is hilarious to me. And he, the chief goes, there's interns on this list. And she goes, yes, I need the energy of the youths or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I am unwell. Um, and it mentioned Mark and Derek. Yeah. And she was like, oh, Derek was uh, a moment of weakness. But Mark was many, many moments in on-call rooms. <laughs> yeah, she is hilarious. The thing is, is like, Bailey, go get it. You know, like if you got to do it, you got to do it. You know, maybe she's not ready. Ten years, divorce, ba- kid. I, I understand. To be clear, I understand the emotional baggage that comes with that. What I also understand is that as humans, we're animals and we have needs uh, and if you find someone that you want to have consensual sex with while your husband's on a date, it's okay. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, it is okay, but you have to get there on your own. And she's not get there on her own. Yeah. She's not there yet. And that's fine. Although I will but tell she you. Doesn't she doesn't want other people to think that she's not there yet. Right, right, right. Uh, I will say that I thought she was just going to go have sex with someone. I thought that she was going to do it just to do it. And I was like, damn, Bailey, you're going to go just bone just to say that you could fill out this form. But then she lied on the form, which was hilarious. Yeah. But I thought I thought for a split moment, she was just going to go find someone to have sex with. Yeah. Um, which I feel like uh, would be the solution to a lot of other people on this show, if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is I think it's worth noting that this is the first time that she outright says I am I'm a single, single woman. Yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Like, did you forget that happened or was this something that you like is uh, in your memory? Yeah, no, I forgot that she, cause I, I feel like it just like their baby almost died. And then the next day she's like, well, he's divorcing me. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what a not nice man. Yeah. It's an unfortunate downhill spiral that Tuck is like not giving her any grace or empathy. Yeah. He's Um, really not. He obviously I'm sure thinks that he's the victim on every level, which I, you know, I get, uh, it's wrong, 
but I understand yeah. how people can can come to those conclusions irrationally. Is the point? It was what I was trying to say. the The thing that's frustrating though is they, well, not frustrating, but they spent a couple of episodes kind of like alluring to the fact that she or like she separated, and she tells Addison that they haven't you know slept together, they're not sharing a bed, whatever. I think she says that they, he moved out, but never once has it been I'm single. Yeah, like we're done. Yeah, that's a rough. It's not separation. It's done. Yeah. It's Which a rough, I predicted. Um, sentiment. Yeah. It just feels very like not what you expect from from her storyline that we've had up to this point. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have for Bailey? Um. I love her. Obviously, yeah. Sorry, I had to go on there. Uh, I think just like the Mark thing, I, I guess. Then let's talk about that because it's a good scene. So t- take it away. Do wait. Does Bailey do medicine in this episode? She. I don't think she does. Is she does the leadership aspect of medicine? Yeah, she, but she does doesn't the, like have a patient that we see in this episode. No, no, okay. not that I remember. Just wanted to make sure. I was like, am I wrong? Um, okay. So the whole thing with Mark is that the nurses are boycotting because he is the exact character that we know. We know they're not keeping it a secret. It's not some plot twist that he's been sleeping with all of these people. They've mentioned it in other episodes that he sleeps with all these nurses and whatever. Um, so he's slept with a lot of the nurses is what we are. Led. We're not given a number but we're led to believe it's a lot and they're mad because he slept with all of them and they all work together and he works there and they all know about it. And so they're like, we're boycotting his surgery. So HR gets involved. They send a nurse mediator who is Adele, which plot down. twist <laughs> did not see that coming. Yeah. I was about to say, what was your take on Adele's return? <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. Great Adele. But then I was like, what are your credentials? Why are you here? And then they explain it very quickly. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're like, here's some exposition. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. So they send a HR with the nurse mediator and they're like, there've been complaints. There's not like a formal lawsuit, but to get ahead of that, we're going to do these, these forms where everyone has to tell us who they've had sex with. So we'll get to that later. But, um, so Mark is sad by the end of the episode that he, that all the nurses are boycotting him and he can't do surgery. So he's just been like sitting in the hospital all day, not doing surgery because he so, cannot, like he's not, like he's physically unable to do surgery. Without nurses. It's interesting. Without nurses, nothing seems to happen. Interesting uh, enough. Res- respect the nurses. Respect uh, the drip. Respect the, the nurse drip, Riz. And so the thing that, um, fuck, fuck you. What was I going to say? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the nurses, Bailey, Mark is sad cause he can't do his surgeries without the nurses. So anyway, so Marcus in the hallway and Bailey walks by like three times. And on the third time she sees that he's still sitting oh, there, still I sad. Remember. She goes up and hits him in the head. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> did, did, uh, Scarlett have the, uh, the pout pout fish book? No. 
does Bennett have the pout pout fish? I book? don't know what the pout pout fish book is. Okay, so there's there's this book called the pout pout fish, and uh, basically it's it's this sad fish who spoiler alert ends up a happy fish. Uh, but he like goes and he can he consults with all of his undersea friends, and he's like, Mister Clam. Uh, or the, the, the clam comes up and he goes, Mr. Pout Pout Fish, why are you so sad? And he's like, oh, which is who I am. I'm a pout pout fish with a pout pout face. So I spread the dreary wearies all over the place. Blub, blub, blub. <laughs> can you tell and, that we're parents? <laughs> and can you can tell you that, tell this that is sometimes like, children have favorite books and then you memorize <laughs> them and you hear them in your sleep? Yeah. But this is so funny because uh, it's, it's, look it up. The blub, the, the pout pout fish. And he goes, blub, blub, blub. This is funny. At least that's how he does it in the book that I read for tomorrow. I was going to say that's how your version does it. Yeah. It's, he reminded me of the pout pout fish. So uh, is he, what kind of fish is he? He's some sort of like flounder or like, okay. up, like yeah, the, some of those flounders guppy. look mean. Yeah. Uh, but then he gets a kiss by a a, a, a a beautiful shimmering purple fish, and he's like, "Oh, I'm happy now." Interesting. Um, Spoiler sexual alert. gratification, I guess, has made him feel joy in his heart. <laughs> his little little fish heart. Uh, okay, so yes, Mark's the pout pout fish. He's sad. He's pouty. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do about it. Thank oh. you. That was great. Great. Perfect. He. Uh, so Bailey's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna save Mark." I'm going to get all the nurses together and I'm going to, I'm going to come to Mark's defense and the defense is he's a whore and I have it cause I'm just going to read it because it, it, it needs reading. Obviously I am no Miranda Bailey. I am no Chandra Wilson. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to act it. Okay. Incredible. This is Kelsey's adaptation of Miranda <laughs> Bailey. She says this boycott has gone on long enough. Okay. I have no authority here, but I'd like to offer my thoughts on Dr. Sloan. And then he leans in and says, you're doing great. Because he has no idea what is about to befall him. She then says, this man is a whore, has always been a whore, will probably always be a whore. But I mean, it's not a secret. He's not keeping it hidden. You all knew who he was before you got involved with him. And now you want to be all, woe is me. He didn't call me back. He's dating other women. He's nasty. But he's a doctor here and a pretty good one. So let us all close our knees and get back to our jobs so he can get back to his job and help the people that really need it. Disperse impeccable 10 out of 10 incredible no notes amazing flawless delivery flawless sentiment so correct you know what i mean oh yeah um this does not solve mark's pout pouts it it furthers them if anything um he now can do his job but he still has the the pout pouts in his heart but at least his his heart may be pout pouting but his surgical brain is not pout pouting uh, which it also, it's just so funny to watch him just melancholy, just sitting there staring off in the distance. He's not hiding it at all, No, which is so funny to me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, and she comes in, she saves it. So, uh, he, he then, I guess we could talk a little bit about the, the Mark and Derek because this, this kind of segues very nicely. Yes. You get, you get a good, a good banter, uh, between Mark and, uh, Derek uh, throughout the episode, but Mark in general has had a funny, funny episode, but he ends with like, he's, it's a, it's a serious moment. Yeah. He's like the most, the most eloquent ladylike doctor in this entire hospital mm-hmm. came to my defense and all she could say was I'm a whore. Yeah. That was her that, defense that's, strategy. That's the only, I mean, that's the only thing to be said. Yeah. At, from, from, from an outsider's perspective, 
you know, did he think that about himself? No. And we see that earlier. He thinks like, because when they first call him in and tell him about the whole HR situation, he's like still making jokes. He's like, they were all consensual. In fact, some of them begged for it, which like read the room, Marcus. It's not the HR. Um, and it's just like, I, I, and Rose makes a good point when she's, when he's like, Oh, I'm a good guy. And, and then makes a sex joke. And she's like, it's all the, the talk about sex makes me think you're not a good guy. Um, which again, read the room. There's a time and a place and the workplace with like people who report to you and, or you don't know that well is not the time or the place. So yeah. whilst I love Mark Sloan, I do feel like this is an area of growth. Um, and not in a sexual way. No, in a calm your shit and figure it out way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, so the, at that end scene in general with, with Mark and Derek, it's also in that scene with Rosie you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So Mark is like, what, what does he say? Uh, he says, I hate women like you, which I don't like that sentence. I'm going to be honest. I yeah. don't like, I hate women like you. To me, that's like really condescending and quite, quite frankly, just full on sexist. Um, I understand I what he, he says, like the sentiment of what he's saying, but I don't like when you make generalizations like that, it really is like a quick way to shut people down. Yeah. Um, you could have said something a little bit less stereotypical for all women and mm-hmm. said, I hate that there are women with ideologies that string men along and hold sex as a or prize. Or you could just be like, I don't like what you're doing to Derek. <laughs> you could just say that too. Yes. I was trying to specifically reword yeah, what no, he no, was yeah, saying, I, but yeah. I'm yeah. just saying because have a mature conversation at the yeah. defense of your best friend. You don't need to be a shit, a shithead and like be at, yeah, he's he was just, a little bit he's mean. acting out. Yeah. He's acting yeah. out because he's mad about the nurses yeah. and about like, she won't talk to them on his behalf. Um, so yeah, he says like, uh, women who act, who string men along acting like sex is some kind of prize when the reality is you're afraid that, if you give it up, he won't be interested in you or something like that. That's, that's basically the paraphrased version. I, yeah, yeah, it's, and, and I, whether he calls her out on that and that being true or not is completely irrelevant. You're at fucking work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, again, come on. Like, it's just not the place. And regardless of our opinions on Derek and Rose or Rose in general or Derek in general, it's just not, it's not his place and it's not the place. So it would be more his place if they were out of work. Maybe Mark was at Derek's trailer and Rose came over and Derek went outside to go check on their roasted, their their grilled trout catch from the day. (laughs) This feels like something he could say to Derek and I'd be like, whatever it's inconsequential. He doesn't, he shouldn't say it to Rose because now I also, he also have feelings. Know her. He doesn't know her. That's at what all. I'm saying. He doesn't know her enough, and but I also don't like that she is like I'm gonna go have sex with Derek because of this. Because again, from our standpoint, they don't know each other that well. His arbitrary anger lash out reaction to her should not cause her to go have sex with Derek. If she doesn't want to have sex with Derek, that's her business. Right. If she's waiting to like know that he's all in which he clearly isn't based on what he says to mark then like which is it should so be up fucked to her up. yeah it is 
It really is. Um, what does he say? I was, I was, I, uh, I we, had sex with I Rose. Slept, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. We I slept together with her. And, and I thought I, about Meredith. So the whole time. Yeah. That makes Who's, me the bigger Which one of us is shit. the bigger whore? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fucked up. Uh, you know, and here's what I will say though, on that note, I feel like season two, Derek would never admit that. So I see growth in that he is at least admitting it. He's verbalizing it. He's seeing his flaws, his faults, and he's not doing shit about it that we're seeing yet. But season two, Derek would have never said that, which because we know that he was thinking about Meredith when he was having sex with Addison. We know that they make it clear, but he it was never verbalized. He would have never said it. Um, and you know, maybe part of that is because he didn't really have like a mark. I mean, he had Burke, but their relationship was different and, uh, he would have never said that to Burke, but so he does say that. And I feel like that I am going to call that out because I do see that as growth. I'm not saying it's great, but I am saying it's worth, worth noticing. Yeah. It's, you know, if you, if you admit that you beat your wife. It doesn't make it good. I don't know that's the same, but um, <laughs> we do. Admitting that you have a problem is the first step or whatever it is they say. Yeah. Uh, the only other things I wanted to call out about um, the the Mark situation. It, the other thing that really kind of pissed me off this episode is, so you have a lot of these conversations with Callie and Han, right? And I, and that's a whole other topic that we'll probably take after, um, immediately after a, a message from our sponsor here in, in just a couple minutes. But, um, at one point Han is talking to Callie, then Mark walks up and said, and Han's like, you're not a good guy. And Mark says Callie thinks I'm a good guy and then smacks her ass in front of Han. Yep. In the hallway. Inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. As someone who has um, dated someone in the workplace, uh, don't do that. We've, ne- we never, I mean, like when, when it became public knowledge that we were dating, everyone was like, you have never spoken to each other because we like went out of our way to not be inappropriate at work to the point where we like really very rarely interacted outside of work things. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's the way it possible. It's possible to do appropriately. Um, you know, it's just like, yeah, don't smack, don't smack the person that you're sleeping with ass in the workplace. But then also like Callie's like, can I have a word with you? to fuck like why why are you not more upset about that Callie I don't get it I feel like she's turned on by the thought of the fact that Addison thought they were lesbians so she's like I'm gonna go have sex with Mark or she's like trying to to make no one think that they are lesbians since Addison thought that so she's like, I I'm guess. just going to fuck Mark because everyone will know because it's Mark and everyone knows when everyone else fucks Mark. I guess. And like, then no one point. will think I'm a lesbian because I'm very busy fucking Mark. That'll show him. Oh, gosh. Well, on that note, we're going to show you a quick message from our sponsors, our regional sponsors. Uh, we'll be back after these messages. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And we are back. We are back. Hello. We are back. Hello. We missed you all dearly. Thank you, regional sponsors. We are going to continue our break um, with everyone's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Wow. There you go. <laughs> it deflated at the end. Thing. <laughs> okay. It's one little, one little, like, like the guy fell off the canyon. We got four men. Okay. Okay. Um, all f- I'm just going to make one guess. All four of the men in that military guy's room, the, the, the guy who was the patient, the guy who was his lover, the guy who was his father and the guy who was his military handler. Three of those are correct. Fuck. Okay. Wait, can I make one redemption guess to see who was wrong? Yeah. The father was not in Shondaland. You're wrong. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. All right. Give it to me. Okay, so it's the father, the two soldiers, and then the HR guy. So not the doc, not the military oh, doctor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So we have John M. Jackson, who is Kevin Covington, which is the father. He was in an episode of Private Practice, which we will eventually watch. <laughs> um, ben Sierra Mello, who is Darren Covington, the son with the tumor. He was in an episode of Private Practice. David Giontoli, who was Todd Vernon, the soldier slash lover. And he was in an episode of Private Practice. (laughs) And Bruce Katzman, who was Wayne, the HR guy, was in one episode of Scandal. Oh. And one episode of Private Practice. Oh. (laughs) I know. And none of them were the same episodes. Oh. But they were all in Private Practice. Yeah. That's so funny. I was like, wow, this is fun. So, yeah. That was, was scandal, that person uh, Shondaland this week? Scandal, uh, anything after season five? Because we're I, in season four right I now, I don't think. Recall. Also, so shout out to our friend Megan, who is just <laughs> lighting up Plowing our Instagram. She's sh- she's a champion. Oh, I love it. It's it's really great because I didn't I I got I get the journey here in Grays to like live connect and get to share all my emotions about this and Kelsey gets to see it. But mm-hmm. Scandal is a fucking beast of a show. Like yeah. that shit gets wild. Uh, but I will tell you, do you want to just talk about this military storyline while we're at it right here? Yes. I got it. You want to do Callie and Erica? Uh, let's start with Callie and Erica. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're so funny. <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel bad actually because every time that their their scene starts together, Callie like reverts back and she's like, "Oh, I'm having fun. This is fun." And then she's like, "Oh wait, fuck! I forgot. I need to tell people I'm not a lesbian." So yeah. I'm gonna be mean to mean to Han. Yeah, and then Han has that whole speech where she's like, "I don't make friends easily, and I'm friends with you, and now I'm mad." And she's like, "Oh, you're mad because I'm sleeping with Sloane." She's like, "No, I'm mad. You're like lying about it." And like not being honest with me. 
And it's like, why? What's it's fucked up. And she just doesn't respond. And so then Erica's like, I don't have friends and then just leaves. So and then at the end at the bar, Callie goes to her and she's like, listen, I'm avoiding you. You're right. It's because Addison said she thought we were lesbians and they both laugh. And it is capital A awkward. Like it. It's weird. It just reinforces that they're lesbians together. They will fuck. They're going so to bone. They're, well, they wouldn't bone. They would. <laughs> Don't. They would have sex. Okay. They would have you. a sexual encounter. They would have a sexual encounter. Uh, stop. Stop, Carmen. Stop thinking about what the word would be. I don't. Stop. <laughs> you don't need a word. I it's don't need a word. They're having sex. They're going to fuck. With a yeah, capital fuck. Um, okay, yeah. So I do feel bad because I I know that there are people in my life even uh, that that have a hard time making friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one likes you. It's, it's true. so hard for you to make a friend. You yeah. are like the least extrovert. You will talk to no one. I'm such a dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Metal level humor. Um, no, I, but it's true. There, there are people out there who have a hard time making friends. I get it. And it's, it's tough when you make those friends, you almost kind of latch onto them. And nine times out of 10, the person that you make a friend with is, is pretty easy at making friends. And they, they, they are like, well, I need my space, you know? Um, I think there's a, a fairly mutual friend that you and, and Jessica and, and some of the other old Disney people knew of who, who was kind of weird about their friendships and actually at one point was like kind of possessive of like Jessica having other friends. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I get it. That's not what I see Han doing. She's, she at one point said, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but she's like, you just ran away the second you got a boyfriend. Yeah. Like that's not cool. No, that's shitty. You flaked on me. You, you and the, and it's, it's not at all, I really, I, I don't know. I, I don't get full lesbian lover vibes from Han. I do think that they're going to have sex, but the way they're portraying it, it's not, it's not a jilted, like they, she thought there was a thing. It's, I, I let my guard down for you. Yeah. And this is how you're paying me. Yeah. And I mean, I think definitely from the standpoint of being a female and it's more like in the high school college age, you definitely have people who like get boyfriends and just disappear. Like they can't function in any other relationship. And I think there there's, I'm sure there are like male friendships who have done the same thing to you, but I can't speak for like a male to male friendship as I am not a male um, and have not had a male to male friendship. But I definitely think that is something that applies and probably is more something that happens in like the, the younger years uh, when, when we're all very busy, just like being dumb and it's fine. It's something you kind of learn how to balance and how to navigate different types of relationships in your life. But also what I think is worth noting is like, yes, she says she doesn't make friends easily. She has no other friends that we know of. Like she moved here to have this job. She doesn't have other friends. Like she only has Callie that we've seen at least. So it would be like a big deal if Callie just like bailed on being her friend. Yeah. Cause it's not like we, we have, we've gotten a, 
a decent chunk into like Derek and Addison's lives. And we saw that they were, were friends with Weber and Adele and like uh, there's other relationships that they know. But we, we really know nothing about Han's backstory yeah. or her personal life or her friendship and her family, stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's like a jilted, you know, I'm so in love with you. I do think it's what you're saying, but she's just like we were friends and now we're not friends anymore. And like, what, what the fuck? Um, and like, yes, it adds insults to injury that it's Mark because she doesn't much care for Mark. I think she's growing to like gently tolerate Mark, but she doesn't like him. She's not choosing yeah. to hang out with him. He's a third wheel to their friendship. And that's the way yeah. she saw it. So yeah, I, I, overall I'm not, I'm, I'm doubling down Han and Callie, there will be some sexual tension and they're going to end up making sweet, sweet love. But uh, I really hope that this lends itself to getting more from a Han storyline. I really do. Do you have a timeline? For the sex? Yeah. Before the end of the season. Okay. And so do you think they'll like date or just like have sex? I think it's going to be a one-time thing. I think it's going to okay. be a one-time thing. Uh, may, maybe casual sex. I, mean, I think, honestly, it may be something where Callie is secretly having sex with Han and secretly having sex with Mark. Okay. Maybe she's playing both both sides. I don't, I don't really know, but I do, th- I, I feel something brewing. I really do. And this is not me just joking around. I've, no, no, I, I can tell I you're hope, making a real prediction. <laughs> I hope that Han and Callie have sex because that's just going to make both of their characters in general just more multi-layered. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, okay. So that, is that it for the Han and Callie storyline? Do you think? I think so. I, I I don't think I have anything else. Um, I will say that that that, that laugh in in the bar when she <laughs> says that was the most fucking awkward thing in my life. And I that's that's maybe it's just the writing. Maybe this is one big misdirect. But I don't know. I feel I've been pretty good at calling out when people have sex. In, in Sean, <laughs> I don't know Land. what like, you're talking about. I I've been pretty good. You've uh, never correctly predicted someone having sex. You actually incorrectly predicted that George and Izzy would not have sex. Interesting, because I think there's like 60 episodes to prove that I did think they were going to have sex. And yeah, maybe you one also 30 second. That they weren't going to have sex. For that's the one year? I choose to remember. <laughs> that's my truth. Uh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite, Jesus. When you're saying um, grace, you can choose your version of Jesus. My version of Jesus is Carmen saying that George and Izzy will never have sex. Um, okay, and then not in the Callie and Erica storyline, but in the Erica storyline, she says that she was also up for the Harper Avery and she thinks she didn't get it because it's just a big boys club and she like does way more work than Burke, but she didn't get it and it's like bullshit and not fair, blah, blah, blah. And then um, she tells Callie like, oh, you know, let's go to Joe's and like trash talk him or whatever. And then later on, she's talking to Christina about it and she's like, and Christina's like not engaging and she's like good for you you know not trash talking I'm taking the high road like I'm gonna take after you good for you Preston congratulations I wish you well so just want to mention that before we move on 
And even going back one more step to add on uh, to to a Han storyline, when she's standing next to the picture of him and Callie's at the desk and she just yells, it's because I don't have a penis, isn't it? (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. And then I was like, oh, no, there's the picture. I get it. (laughs) Context. Because even Callie was like, yeah, Callie's like, no. What do you mean? Penis with penis. I'm a huge fan of penis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love penis. All the penis. What does she say? Huge, huge fan. Big fan. Oh, um, gosh. Um, Good episode for Han, honestly, overall. Uh, and then while we're on her, also the patient, the heart patient with Alex that they have, the bubble girl who has like crazy uh, immune system like deficiencies. So she can't be exposed to literally anything to be able to get her heart and she gets the heart. But then her lung collapses and Alex has to break the barrier to save her. And, um, that, you know, she is alive, but she is, has to wait more in isolation to get the heart. So that's a bummer. I have a lot of, uh, things to say about this particular storyline. Okay. Number, number one, number one, can you imagine going that long without physical contact of another human? No. Like I'm like not a physical touch person. Like I don't like, it's not my love language. I mean, I don't hate it. It's just not my top, but I, I still like need it because i'm still a human being but here's the thing like imagine imagine not touching your children for eight yeah that hurts i can't imagine yeah i mean it is you know it's good that they can still be there but it's almost like does that make it worse like being able to see them and there's just like the teeniest barrier between you but like it's still a barrier uh i don't know i think i would rather I mean, the, there's the, no better there physically. Yeah, it's, it's there's it's no be good version of like not being able to like fully interact with human beings. It's just yeah. like it's like ta- a ta- it's like almost taunting. I don't know. It's just awful. I, get that. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. And then at, at one point uh, when when the lung does collapse, I, I was I was fired up in this moment. The dad's <sighs> just standing there with the two girls and the guy's like, yeah. you need to get out of here. And he's like, hey, guys, my wife. OK, like, dude, shut the fuck up. Go. <laughs> Get your girls out of there. Oh my, like I was so mad. I stood up. I was, I was, I was furious. (laughs) Especially Um, now having a kid. Like if I, if Jessica was about to die on a bed, you think I'm going to stand there going, what can you say for her? I'm like, Marlo, let's get the fuck out of here. Come on. My thing is I'm like, if it's just me, yeah, I might stand there and be sad and be like frozen in the moment. But like, you're traumatizing your child. If your child 100%. sees the one of their parents die, that is a trauma that is like unerasable. They those kids couldn't even handle the story about what, what uh, Snow White, uh, Snow White dying, but fake with an apple. They couldn't even handle that's that story scared them. <laughs> they won't sleep for days if they watch their mom die. They're going. It's not a good life that that father would be setting them up for. It all works yeah. out fine. She lives. The therapy is going to be pricey. <laughs> Only 20 sessions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I just, that, that was, that was really frustrating for me. Uh, Alex had the 100.4 fever that he couldn't go back into the protocols. Yang gets to do the surgery and then doesn't. Um, I did want to, I did think it was worth mentioning that when Alex couldn't do it, she didn't even think to ask anyone else. She just said, get Christina. Cause she knows that Christina is the best one. Right. Yeah. She didn't and look so around like, and go, okay, who's up next? Yeah. Who then? else has 
like been around. No, she's like, get me, Christina. She so, knows. She does know. Yeah. She's just being an asshole about it sometimes. Yeah. Being a little so. pout pout fish with a pout pout face. <laughs> um, do we want to talk Christina or do we want to talk the clinical trial? Let's talk the clinical trial and we'll end with Christina because of how much you love it's her. A and big I, one. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Let me just tell you, I want to start. I want to start here. I knew, I knew the second that guy walked in, I said, they're lovers. I knew. <laughs> yeah. it's. I watched because I like remembered the storyline and I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll pick up immediately and as soon as the guy walked in and i was like if he doesn't pick this up immediately i'm gonna like travel to chicago specifically to kick him in the shins because like it's so obvious right off the bat it's not a twist it's not i feel like they think it's a twist it's not a twist so literally this so i wrote this this is this is the order of notes i have darren colon he is with the va brain tumor patient the armor, the army buddy has something going on. Dot dot dot. Did they have sex? Is he gonna have? I, then I wrote, is he maybe gonna have sex with Meredith? No, he definitely loves that guy. They are lovers. <laughs> Those were my notes. <laughs> so yeah, they're not wrong. Yeah, but I want to tell you this is this is what I, I need to say. I need to say this. Very rarely in a TV show do I hold my breath. Like does a, does a physical scene take my breath away? I gotta tell you. When they were kissing and the dad walked in the room, I held my breath all the way until he left the room. My breath was out. It was out of my, out of my lungs. Yeah. It's hard to watch. It's kudos to these actors. What a great set of actors for this storyline. Yeah. But the storyline is fucking sad. Yeah. This one is a brutal and again, so I did some research because I wanted to like make sure I had my facts straight. Don't ask, don't tell. First of all, it goes without saying, but we're still going to say it. It's fucking dumb that that ever existed. Still a piece of garbage. Um, Just absolutely fucking bonkers that they were like, if you're a gay person, you can't fight in the army. But like, oh my God. Okay. And... It was repealed in 2011. This is 2008. So we can thank Shondaland for repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Thank you, Shonda. Um, so, and like, obviously both of us are uh, straight cisgendered people. So we can only speak to this from like knowing gay people and loving gay people. And, but like, we cannot, this is not something we can speak to from a place of experience. Um, but like, this is hard to watch. And when the guy's like, well, I knew what I was signing up for. Like that may very well be true, but it's still dumb that, that, that you should have to like be in that position in the first place. Like anyone who is willing to like fight and, and die for a cause to me, like I, I could never like, I mean, like for, I could never join the army. I don't, I would, I would love to feel that passionate about that, but I don't. And I feel like that's just something that, it has to be appreciated if people feel that passionate about it. Um, because you, it's just like your entire life is, that's all your life is. They, yeah. they have like, you know, when you have to deploy and you, it, your whole life could be uprooted in your family's lives. And, you know, it's a huge sacrifice 
and it's not something that I could comprehend, I guess. Um, but the totally. fact that someone could be willing to, to sacrifice all of that, but they're like, mm, but do you like men? Because mm-hmm. if not, then that supersedes your patriotism. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. It's fucked up that that ever existed and it still existed so recently. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the amount of time between when that was repealed and now is not even the age of a person who could vote. Like it's, it's, it's less than, it's it's less than Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Uh, so, so here's, here's the thing. And I, uh, want to echo a lot of that sentiment. If you feel such a calling in your heart to join the military, thank you for your service because you're talking to two people who wouldn't last a single day in basic training. Nope. I don't, I don't like my wife telling me what to do. (laughs) I don't, I don't like my own boss who pays me right now (laughs) to tell me what to do. I don't want that. Like I so like someone saying drop down and give me twenty push ups why, but why, yeah. So, um, but that's just me. That's one man's uh, opinion that means nothing. But uh, the the moral of what we're saying is thank you for your service, thank you for defending our country, and then thank you for defending the opportunity for us to come out here and just talk for fucking two hours sometimes about whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. Uh, so, anyways, back to the story. So. All what I can say, don't ask, don't tell is fucked up. Yeah. So I did, you, you mentioned the deployment thing. I didn't understand this part of the story. He, he said that he deploys in five days or six mm-hmm. weeks. He said, I'm not going, I'm going to give it all up. Is he, does he implying that he's going to be willing to like, uh, dishonorably discharge himself from the military I just to be with this man? I wasn't understanding. Like. I don't know if like what the logistics of that would be, if he could like request like some kind of situation. Like if there's a scenario where you can be like, Oh, I have like a family member who's ill. I feel like no is the answer, but I, again, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about the army. Um, if that would be an option or if he would full on have to be like de- deflecting, is that the term? And um, like dishonorably discharged. Yeah. I don't Defe- know. But defecting. Defecting. Thank you. I, was yes. like, I feel like this is wrong. Uh, yes. Defecting. If that would be the case or if it would be something else entirely. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what the logistics of that is. And then, you know, obviously it ends up not mattering. Yeah, because he says he says that line and he's like, uh, you you you're, you're it basically implies that he's trying, trying to skip being deployed. The note I wrote was, dude, you showed up to the hospital in the uniform. It's too late to say no to your deployment. You're you're in it. You're getting deployed regardless of what happens <laughs> to your boyfriend. I don't understand. I can't I don't know what to tell you. Um, but anyways, yeah, so. The, the breath away scene obviously was very intense. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the end of this? This, uh, which by I the way, the, the Derek, the Derek Meredith tension in this with the, the dual, <laughs> we're going to squeeze out liquids from our hands at the same rate of speed. <laughs> like <laughs> what a descriptor, what a descriptor <laughs> you've just given me. Um, squeeze our liquids together. Meredith. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look me in the eye as you squeeze out your Riz- liquid. <laughs> squeeze out that Riz dip. <laughs> <laughs> Riz dip. 
That drippy Riz coming out of these needles. We're going to inject Riz directly into this dude's tumor. I am unwell. Okay, so. Fuck. You're funny, Kelsey. That's funny. You're right. Thank you. Um, I am a hoot. Uh, So, yes. They, uh, they've, like, reassessed how they're going to do their clinical trial, which has, again, existed. They've had, they've killed four people. This is the fifth one they're, they're really trying to not kill. And, um. So they're like, we're going to like break the virus up into two separate vials. We have to insert them into the tumor at like the exact same moment for dramatic purposes. And yeah, it's, I agree. The tension is, is palpable. I kind of like am surprised that they don't have Rose in that surgery just for drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like she's just watching like, it the whole time. And be like, oh, I can feel the tension between these two lovers. So also is it's worth noting that. You're adding another variable to your clinical trial. I don't understand. What do you now mean? We, like, they're, I they're mean, it's changing. the same medication. They're just changing the way that they, like, administer it. Right. Is that something you could do in a clinical trial? Like, I fucking know how clinical trials <laughs> work. <laughs> I just assume that everything has to be exactly the same cut and paste Maybe for the entire trial. Maybe there's different, like, types of things. Like, maybe there's different... When you apply... Maybe you like have different parameters where you can be like, also, if I want to change in the middle and start just giving them weed instead of medication, I'm allowed to do that. Like maybe it's in the contract. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Anything goes, uh, as long as they don't cut any LVAD wires, I guess that's part of, that's not part of the clinical trial. No, no. That's part of Izzy's clinical trial. Yes. And life. That's her part of her uh, religion. Apparently. So yeah, they, uh, there's tension there, but the uh, the end scene. What for me? What's the hardest part is when Todd goes up to the dad and gives the big speech and is like, "I just want to know if he's okay." And the dad just like slow turns and he's got tears in his eyes. And Todd realizes that he's dead, and it like rips my soul out of my body to watch him like fold over with emotion. And, and Darren and Todd didn't even get to say goodbye. No, he looked him in the eye and shook his head no. Be, yeah. And then died. I I can't. I I'm gonna take off. I hate I'm gonna it. Take off the uh, the the doctor. I'm gonna take off the the lab coat for a second. The metaphorical <laughs> lab coat. If in America there is so much shame around your child's sexuality that they're put in a position. To not say goodbye to the person that they love before they die. Maybe that's the problem. That's a failing on you as a parent. And I don't apologize that I feel that way. Yeah. I just can't. All, all of the people in, in my life, I have, I have relatives. We, we both have a very, very dear, dear friend. I can't imagine a world where like a parent disowns yeah. their kid like that. And I'm sorry for all the pauses there because that was just like very emotional for me to, yeah, think, to think through, yeah. especially being a parent now. Yeah. I am. I am sorry to anyone who's ever felt that way in their yeah. lives. It's we'll not be your parents. good. Yeah. We'll adopt you together. The two of us truly, we, we feel 
all the love and we yeah it's just like incomprehensible for like any reason to me but something so arbitrary is like loving like i'm going to put more love in the world and then as a parent be like "Mm, i'm going to remove my love for you i don't feel like you should have had children yeah the (laughs) the whole saying when one door closes another opens doesn't apply here yeah it's not that's not how parenting works guys (laughs) fuck anyways yeah yeah, it's so sad and then i uh you get like this weird end montage because because darren darren's death sparks something in derek apparently and Um, meredith yeah and meredith and um he goes and gets his bottle of champagne and he's Mm -hmm. like when we get it right we're gonna pop this open get drunk and then bone and <laughs> he does say that he does say Verbatim. that and he's like the it may complicate things because i just had sex with with rose but it's okay it's not cheating because, because i, I thought about you this champagne <laughs> right and i was thinking about you the whole time so like we're basically i had sex with you so, so we're good anything i was cheating on rose with you yeah yeah gosh like that I is cheated on addison that literally is how derek probably justifies all of his terrible choices <laughs> i was thinking I mean, about you meredith so it wasn't cheating so, yeah, I just mm, the one nod from from the dad. Also, what I hate, it made me really mad is when Darren like defends his dad. I'm like, "No, you should be mad." <laughs> I'm mad. You should be mad. And it's not my place to tell people who to be mad at. And I uh do it anyways, but I do know that it's not my place. And it's For not my place to tell purposes, people it is your to place, hold grudges. Because I often want people to hold grudges and be mad about things that I'm still mad about that happened to them and not to me. And um, they don't do that. They, in fact, do the opposite and they forgive. And that's a good way to live. Yeah. Or so I'm told. Uh, forgiveness is good. I It's not something I practice a lot. I'm going to be honest with you. We can work on it. We can work on it. It's it's on the list of things to work on. It's a uh, it's on the list. This, Anyways, uh, this so, Easter weekend yeah, is maybe something that you should take take the time to just think about forgiveness. I'm busy. That's um, fair. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I hate it when he's like, my dad's not a bad guy. He's just a soldier. Okay. Mm, not <sighs> a forgiveness justification, but try again, yeah. Darren. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I... I do feel like it's probably normal as like a child to like want to excuse your parents doing bad things. Cause it's like, it, I can't imagine it's easy to cut, to cut people out of your lives, even when they are like being the worst. Uh, and his dad does clearly love him. Like his dad was the one that called Todd and like his dad is oblivious, but loves him. And so it's, it is definitely like complex and it's not black and white, uh, but it fucking sucks. Yeah, and the scene where they had the casket, uh, or not the casket, it was just his 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 dead body. body yeah. Uh, actually, that's so funny. I was mixing up a scene from Scandal and this uh, <laughs> together. Um, I'm not going to tell you which scene because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Uh, he goes over, he gives the nod to Todd, and Todd yeah. is gives him that that goodbye kiss that he didn't have a chance to give him, yeah. and it's gut-wrenching it's so sad yeah but that yeah, is because all... it, that's one of those things i know we've talked about it before where we're like not into like the open casket and like i want to remember someone alive not dead but if you don't get the chance to say goodbye 
then then yeah i feel like it does become more complicated to be like is do i want to do this then like because you didn't get that chance like this is your only chance now because i would be very against i'd be like no i'm good i don't ever want to see it the dead person in front of me um because that's not them but you know you didn't get the 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 last version that he saw of darren isn't really him either because he was like basically pretending he didn't love him because his dad and the the army doctor were right there right yeah so <sighs> what a storyline it very very dramatic very emotional mm-hmm. uh overall um but that was all i had i will say that the the goodbye kiss while it makes sense i get it uncomfortable for me to watch because it's a dead person mm-hmm. but i understand it does, that, does yeah. that make sense i feel like I, I've, I've that that happens on a lot of medical shows yeah yeah where they do that and i hate it i mean is he laying on dead denny is wildly unsettling to me yeah yeah uh that's all i got for the that storyline great great storyline really appreciate it. they were there was like the so main well done like that was so like the well main, done yeah um anything else that you have to add um i don't think so i think we we touched on everything with that it's just you know it's a bummer that he dies i don't like that he dies yeah um he does live longer than the other clinical trial patients that as far as we know, um, because they're successful in the delivery of the, the virus. And then Derek's like, I'll stay with you overnight. If you want me to stay with you. And, um, she's like, no, no, you go fuck Rose. I'll stay here with the dying man. Um, but other than that, I don't think anything else happened. And yeah. he comes in and he's like, oh, the virus reverted like into his lungs or something. I don't think that's what he said. It, it was, was down. It was uh, his uh, it, into uh, this down the spinal cord. Oh, OK. Something like that. But yeah. it sucked. It killed. Him. Yeah. Yeah. It sucked. We also we didn't mention the, the scene where after Derek and Rose had sex. Derek mm-hmm. is like, Meredith, I'll stay here all night with you if you want me to. Oh, I literally just mentioned that. That's what I just said. Really? <laughs> yeah. In my defense, I was getting ready for what I wanted to say for us. In my about defense, Christina. I wasn't listening to you. So. I wasn't listening. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I but I, I don't know. I think that's before they have sex. I think they leave and have sex. No, no, no. Rose, Rose and them just had sex. How do because you know she, that? She gives the paper back to George before that. No, she goes and asks for the paper because she's decided that she's going to have sex with him. I don't think so. Because I, I took the I timeline remember- as this. So Mark yells at her in the elevator for not having sex with Derek, which is shitty. She then goes to George and is like, oh, I decided I do need one of those. And then... That's in front of Meredith and Meredith's like, that's fine, whatever. And then they do the surgery and Derek's like, I'll stay with you. And she's like, no, go with Rose. And then he leaves and then they have sex. And then he comes back and tells Mark that they had sex. I, I, my timeline, I think the only thing you're missing is she hands the paper back into George and Meredith is nearby and Lexi, I think, says I'm so sorry, or someone says I'm so sorry. No, and that's she... when she goes and asks him for the paper. No, I think it's I Yes, think... it is. No, no, because the only reason Meredith was like, no, 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 you should go was because she knew that they had sex. No, she knew that Rose wants to have sex with him. 
And she's like trying to do the thing of acceptance where she's like, Oh, he's with Rose. It's fine. She Rose does not give the, she goes to George and asks for the form in the cafeteria scene. It's the same scene where Alex forgets that he had sex with Lexi. You, you may be right, but I am. I, I watched this episode twice. I watched it yesterday and today. Okay. All right. Well then I'm going to defer to you, but if anyone's listening to this and wants to do some extra digging to tell me I'm right, I appreciate yes, it. Or to tell me I'm right, which you don't even really have to do any extra digging because you can just watch it and know that, that I'm right. Anyways. <laughs> all right. What I was uh, trying to do some research on uh, before we go into our next topic, which is Christina, I was trying to say happy Passover to all of our friends who celebrate mm-hmm. uh, because Christina is Jewish. And mm-hmm. uh, I know that I think today, uh, Thursday, when this is out in podcast land, uh, there's a lot of celebrations going on. Uh, I believe it was starting last night was the first observation of Passover. So just want to celebrate uh, with you guys and say shout out. Um, yes, I hope you're enjoying your satyrs if you participate. Yes. And so. if not, then I hope you're enjoying however you do celebrate. And if you're celebrating Easter this weekend with your family, I hope you have a lovely time. I'm picking up my brisket tomorrow to go... Uh, uh, smoke that baby for Easter, Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday brisket. I, uh, don't think we're doing anything. Nope. That's not true. We're going to my dad's house. Uh, well that can't be true because he's coming up to join us for Easter. That's fine. I'll still go to his house. No, no, it's locked. You can't get in. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, uh, okay. So let's talk Christina because we've covered the other, the other good, good. We didn't we didn't um, talk about Meredith going to therapy, but we could talk about that like very briefly at the end too. I forgot. You about know that. what? No, we should talk about that because it mirrors the the Darren and Todd story. Because she's like, oh, it's so heroic that he did that. It's not. It's not heroic. Yeah, it's not heroic that he did it at all. No, no. Um, the the, the therapist even calls calls her out. Oh yeah, I don't know that this is great therapy. Therapying, if I'm being honest. Yeah, the, the, um, I'm not this a therapist, therapist doesn't so seem. Say, but I feel like it's a bit too aggressive form. And you know what? There are different forms of therapy, but I don't. This might be the therapy Meredith needs, but I don't know that it's good therapy. <laughs> it's hospital provided therapy. That's for it's, sure. It's uh, it's Grey's Anatomy dramatic therapy. <laughs> yeah, it it was just it was tough because then so the last scene we get. Well, we get a lot of we. Uh, I think two two scenes with the beginning and the end of the episode. It, it bookends with the therapy, and also when she says that she can't stop thinking about. Yes, yes. Uh, well, not She's exactly. like asking for therapy tools. I yeah. th- no, I forgot that she wasn't there at the beginning. Yeah, she. It, it, we didn't open the episode with it, but we yeah, for yeah, sure yeah. it's the last scene of the episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Because you they they make it like they're doing the regular voiceover, but then the voiceover was just her talking to the therapist. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you have, uh, the doctor also, I, I did write this when she said, I can't stop thinking about his tongue. I heard toe. I had to turn on the subtitles. <laughs> so I was like, what? You can't stop thinking about his toe. You nasty. Uh, hey, don't kink shame. Okay. Fair. Do what you want. I wouldn't think about toes. <laughs> So, she, and then she just eyes Derek the entire episode. She is leering at that leering. man. Also, they do one of those things that I hate in shows when someone is standing right next to someone else and is whispering and they clearly would have heard, but they were like, oh, yeah, like Derek wouldn't have heard her be like, he's with Rose. He's with Rose. He was, she's basically whispering in his ear. Yeah. 
totally agree. But that last scene, I think, is the big, the big juicy one of she she draws the comparison to Meredith and and Darren about dying alone and thinking it's heroic and blah blah blah. And she says, You calling me a coward? And then the therapy is like, What do, the therapist is like, what do you think? And she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> but also maybe yeah. the therapist shouldn't have been like, What do you think? Maybe just say it's deeper than just a yes or no answer. Something. Anything. Yeah. Talk her off the ledge, Doc. Yeah, I mean, she, so Meredith's like, it was a good day. And the doctor's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and you're dumb. And you and this patient are a one for one. Like, you are Darren. And Derek is right here. And you're not telling him how you feel because, and you, and you are telling yourself that you are being a hero by not telling him how you feel and not being with him. And I mean, she's not wrong, but like, again, it's just like very aggressive. There's not a lot of leading Meredith to get to that. She's just telling her. And I don't know that that's good therapy. No. And I, I am aware that that's not a verb, but I, I'm using it as one. I'm okay with it though. I think, I think all the listeners are also okay with it. So I think we're good. Uh, that, that was all I had for, for, uh, what's her name? Meredith though. Uh, I, 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 I like this, this therapy storyline suits did a therapy storyline with, um, with, um, Lewis and Dr. Lipschitz. And I, I really liked that therapy scene because you, you, you can force a lot of character arc into a therapy session and it just makes sense because it's discovery and it's healing. I hope that happens. And if they're creating a way where it's justifying Meredith's growth is just, she gets her realization and she becomes healed through therapy and takes that to end up with Derek. Okay. It seems like a cheating way to do that, but fine. Glad we got there. Uh, but that was all I had for Meredith. Uh, I think the last juicy thing to talk about is, uh, Christina. So she is your favorite character. I will let you take it away. So, okay. Um, the storyline of, Christina finding out that Burke has won the Harper Avery award, which is obviously like a goal that she has. And clearly she helped him immensely in his career. And to get to that point, she is not mentioned in the article and that's shitty. So she basically shuts down and I had to go read the little blog post by the writers because I was I wanted to make sure I was like understanding it correctly and they were basically like she is singing and like doing quote unquote like mindless what to her is like mindless work because it's like work on cadavers I'm not saying that that's not important work but versus like the learning aspect and like the the surgery that she normally does this would be considered like the grunt work or whatever and um she's doing that just to get through the day because she like just cannot process and like doesn't want to think. And all she's trying to do is get through the day. And at the end of the day, when she does have to think about it and like address it, it's too much for her. And you, you do finally see her break a little bit, but I love her speech at the end, obviously, because I love her. Also, I love listening to her sing Madonna. Hilarious. The, the same scene. song, the same yeah. song throughout the mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Um, the, the, people who wrote it did say they were originally going to do American pie, 
Uh, but they tried it and they were like, because that song is already like so melancholy, it was like too much. So they switched it to Madonna. And I'm going to be a psychopath because I truly don't think this was like a callback, but because I've watched this show too many times, my brain made this connection in season two, when Callie and George are over playing charades with, um, Preston and Christina, Christina has Madonna as the clue. And she's like giving the clues and Burke is intentionally not guessing Madonna. Cause he like wants her to lose. Cause she's being too competitive. And it's Madonna. I do remember that. And then like the Was song is Madonna. And I'm I I don't think that it's connected, but I'm like a psychopath, so I had to mention it because the fact that they have her singing Madonna and that like happened to me, I was like, mm, I have to mention it. Well, I don't think it like, serves you, a purpose, but let me tell you, I know so little about Madonna that when she started singing, I was like, oh, the song made famous by the end scene of Shrek. Thank you very much. They sing like a virgin in Shrek. Yeah. Do they though? Yeah. They sing the first line. I made it through the wilderness. You know, I made it through. Didn't know how lost I was until I found you. And then the donkey goes, I like big butts and I cannot lie. It goes right into it. Watch the end scene of the first Shrek (laughs) when they're all dancing in the swamp. That's when they sing the other song. Uh, I believe in love. The I'm or a believer. I, yeah. There is a scene where everyone's singing like different. Like song. There's like a montage. Okay. Are you Anyways, about to look it up right now? <laughs> they, they do sing this in pitch perfect. So yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's how little I know about Madonna. Madonna. I don't think you're a psychopath for that. I think that's a great, that just shows how you're an expert and you've seen the show so many times. And I don't even know that Catherine Heigl's in the show. Oh my gosh. I love her. Uh, (laughs) Shout out. Thanks. So yeah, I I thought that the Christina acting, the the Sandra O acting in this episode was really, really great. Um, It is funny that she still needs to fill out the form. Uh, and that's what led to the scene in general of the end where, yes. you know, where she's like, I can't escape him. I can't escape this. And, yeah. the, and the, she says, there it is. My relationship with Preston Burke on paper, which like is obviously hard for her at this point yeah. because. Um, and I do have that. Okay. But first, before we get to the speech, the scene where Lexi sings along hilarious <laughs> so, so funny. good she's like um are you okay because like you gave up this surgery and i want to make sure you're okay and christina just like stares her down and so then she's just standing there and so christina's singing and so then lexi does like the backup vocals <laughs> and, and she like christina tries to just... ask she's like <laughs> I, am i is this okay and then she just does it <laughs> which is so funny <laughs> and she just leaves and then in the cafeteria scene when she's like you don't want to go to Christina right now and um Meredith is like oh is she mad she's like no is she doing that thing where she's just staring off in the distance being super scary quiet and Lexi goes she's singing and Meredith just stands up and like sprints away to find her because she's like oh shit she's singing that is bad same with Um, me you know I'm really sad if I'm singing yeah Carmen never sings guys um and uh then Meredith finds her in the morgue she's singing and Meredith's like trying to hype her up like 
he wouldn't be there if it weren't for you. And, and he knows that, and you know that, and like, yeah, he didn't mention it, but like, he still knows it. And, and if it weren't for you, like his career would have ended and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And Christina just keeps singing louder. And Meredith goes, I'm in therapy. I'm in therapy because he's and with she Rose. So stops. I'm way more screwed up than you. And Christina goes, thank you. That actually makes me feel a little better. <laughs> it's, a nice call out to Christina's uh, seemingly unending narcissism, but in a funny mm-hmm. way. Yes. Uh, like us. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. So the speech she gives to the chief when he's like, I know this is difficult for you. And she's like, it's not difficult. It's simple. And I do have the whole thing. Do you want me to read it or do you just want to talk about it? Go ahead and read it. Go ahead and read it. Okay. It is simple. Burke is not here. He is gone and he's the better for it. He's winning the Harper Avery award and being celebrated all over the world. That is not difficult. He's out there and I'm here where everything is the same. I still live in his apartment. I walk the same halls of this hospital. I wear the same scrubs. Even that is not difficult. This is where I am. This is where I choose to be. But sir, when his hand was shaking, I performed his surgeries. I kept his secrets. I nursed his pride. You know it and I know it and he knows it. He knows it. But yet nowhere in that newspaper article does my name appear. I am the unseen hand to his brilliance. And yet while everything is the same, it's very, very different. Now I'm lucky if I get to hold the clamp. Han treats me like I was his hand and now I'm a ghost. That's not difficult. It's unbearable. I know everybody is proud of him, but I am not. And I do not wish him well. It's a lot. It's a lot of truth. It's a lot of detox in one statement. Yeah. And it's a really great insight to seeing just truly where Christina's head is at with the whole Burke relationship now. Yeah. I do think I like that. She says, this is where I choose to be. Like, she's not regretting that she's there. Um, but she, it's shitty what Han is doing to her, especially like, she's basically like, I was doing the things that he is getting credit for that won him this award. I was doing those things and now I don't get to do jack shit. Because this person arbitrarily decided that, like, I'm not worth their time. The line that stands out to me that most in that are two. There's two things. Mm-hmm. One, I was his hand. Now I'm a ghost. I wrote that one down as well. And the second one was, I don't wish him well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there, there are things in my life, there are people from past jobs that I hate, that are <laughs> idiots, that I'm glad if they get fired. I'm glad if they maybe don't have a job or they got let go. I don't wish them ill will. I don't want them to get sick and die. But I don't wish them well. <laughs> but I don't wish them well. And it's just so savage because yeah. they were they were going to get married. They were 40 <laughs> feet from getting married. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So that's it for Christina. That's all I have. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? I don't. I just, I'm glad we finally get like some real closure. Cause we had that yeah. scene where mama Burt comes in. But we never really get Christina closure. How does she feel for real? 
and we get that. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, scanning quickly back through my notes, I don't think... I mean, we have the the small storyline of the George being the chief's intern, and he felt used doing all the grunt work trying to show... Uh, and Adele and Weber, bang, which is great. Good for them. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then George gets mad, and he's like, I'm not going to... I'm going to quit this because you're just doing it to get your wife back. And Weber's like, you're right, but I am, I'll make it a real job. Like, you deserve it. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good little arc. <sighs> Lexi is funny. Lexi and George mm-hmm. are for sure going to have sex. I know that for sure. And that's all I got. I think I'm, I feel good. This was, this was, let's, let's, let's rate it. Let's rate it. Let's Unless there's anything it. else you have um, to add. No, I don't think so. Um, you I go give first. this a fellow point two, four point two. You and I are exactly in sync on this one. Wow. I love that. Yeah. It's a great episode. I love a lot of it. It's just like, you know, there's still like the back and forth of Meredith and Derek, which is just like, I'm done. I am so done. Um, but it's not, uh, and then like the confusion with the whole Bailey thing is like, I don't get it. Um, and then I don't, I like, Izzy's just not, she's not serving a purpose right now. It's annoying. Like last episode, she had that good moment with the patient with HIV, Um, but it doesn't really feel like she's riding that wave. Um, I mean, yeah, we didn't really see her like doing much doctoring. We just saw her like around, I guess. I don't know. It was weird. I would love to see her do anything worthwhile. (laughs) Yeah. For me, there were, there really, for all of the clinical trial stuff, there wasn't a lot of medicine. There's not a lot of medicine in this this episode because the, the, the heart transplant lady, she doesn't get her heart. Nope. Which, by the way, is does any of this storyline continue? Does the Heart Lady storyline continue? Do we get more of this, or is this a one-off thing? Not one-off. Okay. So this this lady has no conclusion to her story, other than this father almost scarred her. We children do for have life. to note that they did like because she wasn't going to get the heart. They bring the the husband and the kids yes. in to like yes. have that moment of like con- human like connection. Yeah, it's already been spoiled. Nice so let's just do it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, that's, but that, that's, I think the reason it's not a five, cause it, it is a very well acted episode. Yes. And again, very rarely does my breath get taken away by mm-hmm. a scene, but there was no like medical drama to this episode. No, not really. He died. She lived. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So interesting. I love that we're on, uh, predictions, uh, Callie and Erica by the end of the season. What about Ava Rebecca? Alex I says that she's leaving her husband. I, 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 I don't even know. I have no idea what the fuck is going on with this storyline. I need to watch one more episode to make some predictions, but the, fu- the, the, the husband's going to come here. The husband's going to show up for sure. is my prediction, but I don't know what that's going to mean. And I don't know when Alex is going to find out she's not pregnant, Unless they just are having unprotected sex and he gets her pregnant. I just don't know. But yeah. I, I will predict that Izzy is going to not spoil the baby news. Izzy will will hold strong. Okay, I think you also predicted that Izzy was going to die in the season four finale. I'm sticking to that. Still... Yep, okay. I'm sticking to that. Um, Derek Rose Meredith. Fuck this storyline. Um, <laughs> Derek and Derek is going to break up with Rose and he's, 
excuse me, going to have sex with Meredith. They're going to get back together. They're going to get back together also in the season four finale. Okay. Um, clinical trial. It'll end by the season four finale. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Season four is going to wrap up a lot of shit. I think, uh, Oh, Weber and Adele. They, this is another one time thing. Another one time thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's it. When do you think George and Lexi are going to have sex? By the end <laughs> of season five. Okay. I just had to mix um, it up. I think it's going to be by the end of season four, but let's just, okay. You know what? No, no. Season five, episode two. Okay. Okay. Do you think, and eh, we'll do that one later. Uh, okay. I think that's it then. That's I it feel for good. this episode. All right. Close this um, out, my friend. Okay. Thanks for listening guys. Um, if you have a minute to share us on socials, we really appreciate it. Share us with your friends, with your fam. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Grey's Academy Pod. You can always email me at Pod at gmail.com. I love chit-chatting with you guys, hearing feedback, hearing how you found us. You can message me on Instagram as well. Um, and you can follow our individual Instagrams, chaoticallykelsey and carmen.gabriel.official, and just see all the dumb shit we post on there. It's a good time. And if you have a minute to leave us those reviews and ratings, we also appreciate that. And if you see, oh my God, wait, I know no one's listening anymore, but 11 years ago today, Scandal premiered. Wow. (laughs) I know. I forgot. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Someone. (laughs) 11 years ago today. One person is listening. Um, Okay. If you see Carmen walking down the street. (laughs) I will thank you to the one person who has so much OCD that they have to listen to every second of a podcast. <laughs> and I will uh, I will also say thank you, no spoilies. And we will see you all in the next one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.